You're now listening to the I Got Fired Last Week podcast, where we discuss the challenges and opportunities around being out of work. If you're feeling lost, overwhelmed, uninformed, or simply uninspired, there's something here for you. I'm your host, Sam Eremarin, and along with my guests, we're here to walk on this journey together. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are. I pray that you're well. Um, This is episode seven of the I Got Fired Last Week podcast, where we walk you on a journey through redundancy, unemployment, getting fired, (laughs) you know. um, But actually, we spin it on its head. And something which started off as negative, um, we look for the positive twists in it. I've shared my story. um, For those who don't know, or for those who are listening for the first time, I got fired. I mean, it's not last week anymore, but I got fired um, or I got made redundant I got asked to leave and that ended up taking me on this journey of self-reflection who I am and how I am what skills do I have etc but what it really did is it ended up opening the door to some really really strategic and conscious conversations around redundancy around um, what do we do about it what does it mean to us how do we feel about it on an emotional level um psychologically what it does to us so what signals does it send the brain am i good am i not am i this am i that but um financially of course um i think it was episode four we spoke about finances ways of saving and what you do with a nest egg did you get a redundancy payout did you not um yeah just so many different ways and avenues that we can look at redundancy and i just love the fact that we get the opportunity to explore it because it happens to so many people but it's so infrequently spoken about. So um, as much as possible, I'm going to be here. One of the things that I think you'll see, or you should hopefully see as we transition on this journey, is that maybe episode one and two were very much, woe is me, (laughs) you know? Um, Because I'll be honest, woe was me. (laughs) Woe was me. I was definitely in, um, I was processing a lot of these feelings in real time. It's not like I got to the end of it and it was just like, here's what I went through. That was, no, I have these feelings today. I genuinely got fired last week, which means um, exploring it emotionally allowed it to be raw. And I think that's what the appeal was. I think as um, as I've matured and as I'm kind of growing through it and going through it, it's definitely, I'm at a place now where I want to actually put things in place to ensure that there is joy in this moment. You know, like not necessarily I'm sad this has all gone wrong, but now more like, okay, it's happened. I've accepted it. I'm okay. What happens now? How do we move forward? And hopefully from here going forward, that's what you'll see. You'll see it will be less focus on a, here's what happened on that day. And I was really, really extremely sad on that day to, hey, are you unemployed? Here's all the really cool things you can do. Or, hey, you got made redundant. That's an amazing opportunity. Here are some resources that can hopefully get you through the next six weeks. But then here are some more resources that can hopefully get you through the next six lifetimes. That's what I'm here for. I am your host, Samuel Emeran. It is an absolute pleasure to walk on this journey with you. Today, um, I want us to take a journey. Um, I had a conversation with a friend. He is a friend. And he sent me a voice note. It's really interesting because I I, <laughs> I pray that I don't end up being the guy who's just like, Sam knows everything about getting fired and being made redundant. It always happens to him. That's just his thing. Listen, this isn't my thing. <laughs> Not at all. Um, but here's what he said to me. And it really, really changed me. He said, um, Sam, 
how do I train up a team in a way that they benefit from it, but I don't shag myself and work my way out of a job? Now, for those who don't know shag, you know, I don't want to cause disservice to myself. I mean, I don't want to end up scamming myself or bumping myself while I'm training up this team. So I'll ask that question again. How do I train up a team in a way that they benefit from it, but I don't shag myself and work myself out of a job? That's important and that's really relevant because um, many people can probably imagine that they might be made redundant because the fact they've worked themselves out of a job. Sometimes they've trained up others, they've trained up a team, they've trained up teams of teams. And because everybody else around them is now so competent, they're no longer needed. Remember, redundancy isn't necessarily the big, bad, scary, negative thing. Redundancy is about a company who can now say that you are surplus to requirements. We no longer need you for this project. We no longer need you for this team. We no longer need you for this company, dependent on the size of the organization. So, um, Let's start by taking the fear out of it and taking the, oh my gosh, I got made redundant, I'm the worst, and call it to, you're just surplus to requirements. And they've made a strategic decision based on that, right? You should work yourself out of a job. You should. It makes sense to work yourself out of a job. Why do I say that? Um, Here's my story. In my exit interview, or mm, exit discussions, one of the things that my manager mentioned was that the offshore team we had um, teams in India, so Pune, Hyderabad, etc. He mentioned that the offshore team are able to do my job. Now, I found that really interesting because I trained, I won't say I trained them, but I helped them do my job. I wrote documentation. I recorded videos. I had workshops and sessions when I worked through the things that I was working on with them. So for some more context, as I'm sure you know from the first episode, I was going on paternity leave with my first son, my only son, but maybe not, don't let my wife hear this, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm joking, no, um, there will be more children in the future, but um, I was going on paternity leave with our son and um, my thing was, if anybody was going to be taking over my responsibilities and doing the work that I was doing, I would have loved for somebody to document down everything that they do because what usually happens in an organization is that there's a lot of time wasted with what do they do? I don't know. Where are the files kept? Who knows? Is it on a local drive? Is it on, um, is it on the server? Is it on someone's USB? Have they been emailing it to their house? Like there's, there's all of these questions about like, how do I today fix this mission critical report or this mission critical dashboard? No one's told me anything. I didn't want that. Because I saw it as it doesn't represent me well for other people to be scrambling around trying to find my work. So yeah, like I said, I ran workshops with them. I made sure that they were up to speed. So when the t- <laughs> when the manager um, was like, you know, we feel like the offshore team can do, I was just like, well, hold on a second, kind sir. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's not make this a you feel like. They can most definitely do it. And if they can't do it, that works to my detriment. Which is weird because you would expect me to be upset about it. And actually, I'm like, no, I train them well. They better be able to do the job. Um, I think you should work yourself out of a job. I do. Um, Yeah, 100%. 100%. Your elevation 
your elevation comes from your ability to work so hard and to do so much and to pour into so many other people that it's kind of like, oh my gosh, I'm not needed anymore. Let me tell you something. And these beautiful plants here, every living thing that wants to remain living replicates after itself. So for example, flowers. Um, flowers release pollen and, you know, they pollinate other flowers and that's how they grow. Um, you know, those small little weed things that we used to take off and blow. <laughs> I'm using them. But no, they're generally weed. <laughs> do that enough and they'll take over your whole garden. And um, that's what they do. They grow. They replicate after themselves. The life of a thing. For it to continue. That thing has to share like it it gives of itself it reproduces after itself we do the same thing as humans we have children so that our life and our blood which flows through us can now be in them so it's it's it it's human it's scarily human like that's the way the world works that's how things work replicate after yourself which now I can move on to go and do other things while this thing now goes and does that thing. So I don't feel like you should ever be in a situation where you say to yourself that, hold on a second, I, I'm going to hold back a part of myself so that I am still valuable. Now, you're valuable at the fact that you know it, but you don't want to become stale with your information. Release that. Because once you release that, and now you're able to go out and learn more things. I never want to be static. I never want to be stale. I don't want to use yesterday's information for today's problems. I want to be able to replicate after myself. That person now becomes an operator who I put in this place. And now I go and move on to go and do something else. Even if that means that I work myself out of a job. Even if that's what that means. Let me take you through a few things. Firstly. I can develop skills. Here's what I wrote. I can develop skills that push me beyond my comfort zone. I graduate from a B player to someone who adds value. So if you remember, um, one of the things that I mentioned in an earlier podcast, and I actually even did a clip on this, I mentioned the fact that I was a B player previously. And what I meant by that was that um, I didn't feel the need slash um, I wasn't self-incentivized to want to be an A player, to be the top of my game. I didn't need to be great because I could have been good and got away with it. I got a free pass by being average. That's very, very different from a person who operates at their A game every game. And if you're able to train people to do your role, it forces you to remain an A player. Because now you can't hide behind average because we're all good. How do I know we're all good? Because I made you guys good. I invested in you. There's a part of my my hard work, my grit, my skill, my wisdom, my authenticity, my authority, my ability, all of those things that were in me, I've now transferred to you through teaching and training. So I can't hide behind the, here's the things I know, because you'll be like, I know them too. So that forces me to say to myself, well, hold on a second. Let me now graduate to my next level. Because if I remain stale here, then A, you'll lose respect for me because I, I won't grow. But B, anything that doesn't grow dies. The moment that you take a banana off a tree, it begins its decay. But the moment it remains connected to the source of life, it will grow. It will remain green. And I, and I know you also, want to remain green. You want to remain teachable. 
You want to remain in a position where you're learning and you're growing and you're getting rid of the stale excess information so that you can get fresh, life-giving, revitalizing information. The second thing I wrote here was this. It creates opportunities when they come. If they're looking for managers, you might be the wild card. Imagine if you are operating at an A-level. You've gone and taught everybody everything. So you're now graduating to deeper realms and deeper levels. And they start to say to themselves, we need a person who is the best at this thing. We can't take an average person. Maybe we're spinning out into a new team or to a new department. Therefore, we need an individual who thinks different than everybody else. We need somebody who who self-evaluates and ensures that they are the best, not by our standards, but by their own. Wouldn't you be primed for that? Wouldn't you be in a situation where you're just like, no offense, everybody, no offense. I'm the best here. Not in an arrogant way, but because you've put the work in. Kobe was different from his teammates. Why? Because he, <laughs> who, who was it? I watched an interview. I can't even remember, but I, I think it was a podcast as well, where um, one of his old teammates was just like, he'd get to the gym at five o'clock and he's just like, yeah, I'm ahead of everyone. I'm here to train. They said that Kobe had already been there for hours. Kobe was already sweating. He'd already been there. He'd already done his laps. He trained before training. That's different. So when the right opportunity comes and they need someone who is excellent, here you are. You're ready to go. You're ready to go. Another thing I wrote down was this. um, Loyalty. When you train people and you teach people and you share your wisdom, you build up a sense of loyalty from them to you. Now, um, I've trained like, and this is really interesting because I don't know where I learned this from. But I learned somewhere that it makes sense to train people for your position so you can leave. So um, I've trained people to replicate me and to replace me. And it was the scariest thing I've done. Um, I have some musician friends who I have trained to. I'm talking, Sam, get up from the seat because they're playing for this song. That's scary. That's now like, uh uh-oh. I'm not only being made redundant from work, I'm actually redundant in this situation. I invite redundancy in that situation. I invite it. And I think you should invite it too. Why? Because that person coming and sitting here means that there is another seat which is free for me to now take. I never want to draw still, ever. But the beautiful thing about that and the real caveat is the fact that those people who I can stand up for are loyal to me. If I tell them, get out, they will. But I'm also loyal to them because I've invested in them. I see myself in them. I see a part of myself in them. I believe that's true management, true leadership. Loving people enough to say that my my intention now and always is for you to outlive me. It's almost a father to a son. That's how I see my son. I want my son to be a better man than I am. I want my son to exceed my expectations. I want my son to be like, Sam, well, he won't say Sam. <laughs> if he says Sam, I'll look him in his face and be like, uh, son, <laughs> let me chat to you quick. <laughs> What's funny is that he he's named Samuel as well. Um, so he could actually say Sam, but he shouldn't. He should say dad. But he should say, dad, thank you for the things that you've done because I'm now able to stand up on your shoulders and do better things. I want my son to be able to say, oh, dad, um, yeah, man, that's so crazy. You got your first 100K contract by 29 mad i did that at like 17 i'm like ah oh, 
<laughs> Holy ghost, you better pay your tithe. But um, but no, like that's that brings joy to my heart even thinking about now. So um, yeah, you get loyalty from people, from pouring and investing into people. So listen, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to share the best of yourself with people. Um, as it pertains to the corporate world, yeah, you know, it's that it's almost like you it could be dog eat dog. It could be. It could be like, oh my gosh, I don't want you to get too good because if you get too good, then they'll pass me up for a promotion and give it to you. I personally think that if someone passes me up for a promotion, a few things might be the case. A, maybe I'm not the best person. Maybe in your head, you believe that you're better than you actually are. And that can be triggering for some people. Someone, no, no, I didn't get the job because, ooh, I just had a thought and it's so controversial sometimes, but I'm going to say it because I, I'm going to say it because I love you. I want to say it because you're my tribe and I've only promised you transparency and honesty. Maybe they didn't pass you up on the job because of your skin color. Maybe you're just not as good as you think. Maybe they didn't pass you up on the job because of your gender you're just not as good as you think you can you, ah, i even have to whisper it <laughs> because i feel like <laughs> that's such a uh, that's such a trigger point no nah, like if you look at it like bro like i nearly got the position but obviously man you know what like they don't like black people no they have no problem with black people your work is trash and i'm not even saying like please understand a i'm not saying that to trigger you b i'm not saying that for this to be clickbait and see i'm not saying that um because i am oblivious to some of the things that we actually face in this industry understand that that is not an insensitive comment it's hopefully a comment that says sometimes you have to look deeper than the things you can see i agree that there are many many situations where they will pass you up on things because of the color of your skin because of your gender because of a disability i agree I agree because of your um, your stance on faith, because of your political views. I'm not oblivious to that. I'm just saying that I don't want you to be in a place where you start to use that as a card that you can play, which will allow you to be mediocre. Suddenly, every time you get passed up an opportunity, you didn't even put 100% in, but you get passed up on an opportunity and you automatically, rather than saying to yourself, maybe I could have worked harder, harder, you automatically say that, that only happened because of this one thing. They're penalizing me. They're, it, this is discriminatory. They're the problem rather than me. I would rather humbly look in the mirror and say, is there anything I did which made them think I'm not the best? Now, that's not always the case. Sometimes, sometimes, let's be perfectly honest, they were discriminatory. You know what I mean? Like, just call a spade a spade. It is what it is. I just don't want to default to that. I'd rather default to Sam. Is there anything you can do? If the true answer is no, Sam, there was nothing you could have done. They made a conscious decision against their better judgment to choose someone else. Then maybe that's not the right organization for me. And maybe that's all I needed for me to be like, huh? Yeah, I'm going somewhere else. I'm going somewhere else. So, um, yeah, please. I'm not here trying to trigger anybody. <laughs> I don't want you to feel like, no, you're... <laughs> You don't understand our struggles. I do. I do. I mean, I really do. <laughs> I just want to, um, 
I just want to make sure that we're being fair and we're presenting the other side of the argument. And again, I might be wrong. I'm okay with that. I don't pretend to know it all. Um, how do you make yourself redundant? So let's walk through a couple of ways. How do you, when I say, how do you make yourself redundant? How do you be the best, right? How do you, um, how do you do so much that the people who you've imparted into can now replace you? Well, the first thing that you do is you lead by example. You know, you demonstrate your expertise and you just give it out in excess, in abundance. You share so much of yourself that people even feel like they're shortchanging you by how much wisdom you're giving out. Some of you may know about me, I'm a verbal processor. And a verbal processor means I literally talk to think. That's why this podcast made sense. I talk to think and I I process things as I'm talking about them. And I self-correct. So I might say something and just be like, even saying that out of my mouth sounded crazy. I know that's wrong. Or business ideas will come and I'll be like, oh yeah, because I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Oh yeah, and actually I can do this. I can do this. I can do it. I can do it all. Like that's the way, <laughs> that's how my brain works. I, I tell my wife that I'm a mad scientist. And um, if you were inside my head, what you'd hear is, and then i might um i might give you a stream of consciousness around the topic and then go back to i'm sure someone someone who listens to this is probably going to be like it's giving adhd it doesn't call it what you want but it's worked for me and um as a verbal processor it means that i give out too much it means that if somebody says sam what's your opinion on that how long do you have Because I'm going to tell you what I think, but I'm also going to self-evaluate and self-correct as I'm walking you through the process. Um, But I love oversharing in wisdom, not oversharing parts of myself or oversharing things that don't help other people, but oversharing in terms of giving you a lot. I'll I'll give you the textbook now until you tell me, all right, Sam, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. I've heard you. I've heard you. And I'll bring. So if someone asks me, Sam, what's a PM? So here's what a project manager does. Here's how what a PM does is different from what a scrum master does. Here's how what a PM and a scrum master does is different from what a PMO does um, or a program manager or a portfolio manager. And here's the range and the spectrum. And then here's how you'll work with a BA and a QA and a testing engineer. And and they're just like, hold on, hold on, hold on. But I'm not saying all of that to overwhelm them. I'm saying all of that because if they now have that wisdom available to them, then they are able to do more with that information than I was able to. My dream and my desire is always that people do better than me. Always. Always. And my friends will testify to this. Um, the people who I mentor will testify to this. It is about people doing better. And I want you to do that. So the first thing, lead by example. Overshare, not personal things, but give people too much information. Give them so much information that they're just like, oh my gosh, wow, I can even see how this adds to that. You've given me context. Um, you've you've helped me understand things that I didn't even know that I needed to know. By you doing that, that's a deposit. That's an investment into them. You know what I mean, um, number two is be open and honest with your experiences. Don't hide the parts of yourself that you need to be transparent about. Share it with your team, share it with your family, share it with your friends, share it with everybody. We typically learn through stories. We learn through analogies. We learn through experiences. So 
if you can share stories not only of the things you've done good but also the things that might not have gone so well then somebody else can contextualize without having to go through it i always tell people that um experience isn't always the best teacher sometimes it's a terrible teacher why do i need to fall into the pit before i know it's there what if you were bold enough to tell me hey (laughs) there's a pit (laughs) probably want to be conscious of that you probably want to be wary that would help me a great deal and it would save me time it would save me energy it would save me effort so share your experiences with people um number three of ways to make yourself redundant is shift your attention towards strategic planning rather than task execution now i know that your job is to do this thing you know i can look at your job description and i can say that the tasks that you have to do to be in compliance with your role are this 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 very very different from a person who thinks strategically zooms out and says yeah but why why am i doing those things and how do they add and how do they contribute to what the company's doing if you shift your focus to think strategically you're able to fix problems that companies didn't even know that they had you're able to think critically about issues before they even come your zoomed out focus your blue sky thinking can have a person be like ah that's really interesting you can end up automating processes because actually you've looked at it you've audited it and that's silly that's dumb why do you even do that i've worked in organizations where i've had to ask that question hey everybody um quick one i know there's 11 of us in the room and i know i'm probably gonna look like an idiot for about 10 minutes but quick question why are we doing this oh because um you know um 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 in other words no idea we're just doing this because and it's just like ah and then you start to see the light bulb turn on in people's minds when they're like i'll be honest i had no idea why we were doing this either but you know (laughs) jerry said it was a good idea (laughs) and i'm just just like i'm i'm happy to look like an idiot if it means that everybody else gets the wisdom in the room you know so just zooming out a bit and having a strategic focus um means that yeah over time you'll make yourself redundant because you'll end up automating away so many processes so many redundant processes that to the point you are no longer needed um number four empower people through delegation give people responsibilities and allow them to fail because if people don't fail then a they will never know their limits but b they will never learn the really hard lessons you know i'm a um I lead a group and in the group that I lead, um, I tell about I tell my people, I tell my friends because they are friends to me, but I tell my friends this, I say, I know that previously or in other teams, you're used to a world where the person at the top delegates and they say, here's what you do. Do those things. Let me know when they're done. I said, I'm very, very different. The way that I work is this. Once I've delegated you into authority as a leader, your responsibility is to go out and get the work done. Oh, Sam, should we? I don't know why you're asking me. You're the leader. Oh, um, I just wanted to know your opinion. No, you didn't want to know my opinion. You wanted to know the way that I would do it. And you wanted to validate the way that I would do it. 
And I don't want you to validate the way that I do it. I want you to do it the way that you would do it. And then I'll tell you afterwards whether it's right or wrong. Now, I know that scares some people because that feels like, yeah, but what if I get it wrong? Then get it wrong. Be wrong and strong. It's one of the things which I think that many people in the corporate world struggle with. They think they have to get everything right. At the right organization, at a growth organization, they actually welcome you getting things wrong. Because the earlier you get things wrong, firstly, you learn a way not to do things. Secondly, you teach everyone else in the team the way to not do things. Thirdly, you'll never forget that. Fourthly, it's skill acquisition. And fifthly, I know that you'll grow and develop from this. So that's it. Empower through delegation. Make yourself redundant by giving other people responsibility and telling them, go out and get it wrong. I even tell my people this. I say, I only want to know what you're doing so I can protect you if it all falls down. I'm not saying tell me so I can micromanage you. I'll be honest. I don't have the time, the capacity, the energy. I'm not trying to micromanage anybody. Big sound, it's impossible. Huh? It's impossible. <laughs> I'm even thinking about it. Do you know how tiring it is micromanaging other people? I don't want that for myself. I don't want that for you. So delegate and allow people to fail. And once they know that they can fail comfortably, they feel more comfortable coming to you with issues before they even happen. Or they can tell you, here's what I've tried and it hasn't worked. Now we can sit and talk about the ways that we can improve on this process. And number five, how do you make yourself like how do you make yourself redundant is you continuously learn and you adapt. You learn and you adapt. And when I say learn, I mean think really widely. Pardon me. I had to um I had to learn about a concept that I call the bridge. And the bridge basically says this between any two things in the world any two subjects, any two people, any two anything, there is a bridge which connects them. And your ability to understand the bridge will help you utilize both of those disciplines. So for example, and I really, really should have thought of an example, but I'm in a room right now. Um, and let's see what I see. So I can see some speakers. So there is someone who would have understood sound and understood vibration and understood radio waves and understood microwaves and all that good stuff. And there is somebody else who would have understood uh, microfibers and the best plastics that would um, insulate sound and absorb sound, etc. And it's the bridge between those two worlds which created the speaker which I'm looking at or even the microphone that I'm speaking into. So it's usually a bridge between two worlds you know, visual and technical, which makes someone say, okay, I've got this thing which meshes those two words together and now creates something which is better than the sum of its parts. That's what I mean. Read really wide. You don't know. The way plants grow could help you be a testing manager. I don't know. Um, carpentry could teach you how to be a better nurse. I, I don't <laughs> Like, pun. Um, but... It could, it could. To be honest, any one of those skills probably trains you and teaches you how to be a better entrepreneur at least. Nursing could help you be a good therapist because your ability to empathize and listen to people. You being a cameraman could teach you patience. You being an actor could teach you how to be... 
By the way, when I say I'm going silent, not because I don't know what actors could be, but I'm trying to think of something which is so polarized that it would be like, wait, how? How do you marry those two worlds? But I generally find that by reading really widely and by learning about a lot of things, um, it gives you like, again, a skill acquisition. It pushes you out of your comfort zone and teaches you how to do other things. And you never know where the merging of those two worlds will lead to. Um, Yeah. So that's what I came to speak to you about today. I want you to make yourself redundant. No, no longer thinking of redundancy as a bad thing or as a negative thing, but actually switching it on its head and now being like, hold on a second, how do I make myself redundant? Well, by being really good that either they can't afford me or B, I've got everybody in the whole company who I've been teaching, training, imparting into, investing. They're now so good that they no, they no longer need me which means I can move on to go and do other things. So um, yeah, that's me. Listen, follow me on socials, uh, my personal Samuel.Ire, I-R-E, um, or you can follow me on Instagram at I Got Fired Last Week. Follow me on TikTok at Got Fired Last Week or Fired Last Week. I mean, it'll be in the show notes. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, it's been a pleasure looking into your face. And uh, yeah, see you next week's episode. God bless you.